Since 1965, the ACEC Life Health Trust has provided innovative health care benefits and services to ACEC member firms. We offer a variety of benefits to meet the unique needs of your firm, including fully insured, level funded, stop loss, and ancillary products. Visit our website at aceclifehealthtrust.com to learn more about our affordable employee benefit options for ACEC member firms. Backed by the financial strength of the ACEC Life Health Trust. Engineering Influence Podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. My name is Allison Schneider, and I'm joined today by Jonathan Allen, Executive Vice President with JLL Tenant Representation Practice Group. He specializes in assisting firms in the architecture, engineering, and construction industries meet their real estate needs. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Amazing to be here. Thank you. So we're here at the Fall Forums, and you just presented about trends in real estate right now. What are companies doing to get staff back into the office? So the biggest determinant is actually corporate culture and manager behavior. Um, the, we break it down into three categories. It's, it's kind of corporate culture, it's HR policies, and then it's real estate and like the quality of the building, the age of the building, the biggest thing is the location of the building. Um, but out of those three, the way the corporate culture is designed um, and the way the executive leadership and their management behavior as well um, seems to be the biggest determinant. So we've got clients who, you know, candidly expressed a lot of frustration because there were uh, sort of younger employees that were coming into the office and seeking um, leadership and mentorship and guidance from their managers, but the managers were slow to come back. In fact, they didn't come back. And slowly after this initial excitement of getting back into the office, the younger employees started coming in less and less because they weren't getting that guidance. And there was some um, retention problems as well. So. The biggest thing is how the leadership operates in that situation. But then there are, there are other things like, <clears throat> so most firms are like hybrid now within the AEC industry. But then even with that, like working with individuals um, to you know achieve what the company wants to achieve, but then also what works for their schedule. And hopefully you can come up with an arrangement that suits both parties is, um, is kind of the way to go. But I would say, um, and then if you're looking for specific examples, like HR will come up with things like, uh, you know, happy hours, commuter benefits. Um, we just heard someone talk about access to levels, people and levels of the company they wouldn't usually get access to. All of those are good, but it's the direct manager behavior that's the biggest impact on getting people back to the office. It sounds like employees need a value add to come back into the office. There's gotta be a reason for them to get more there than they could get at home. Yeah, and a lot of our clients are, are adding value on the, on almost like the real estate part of it. So they're leasing nicer spaces. There's a whole flight to quality movement going on where they might've been in a class A building before and now they're upgrading to a class A building, um, which has a gym and has a tenant amenity lounge and has a concierge. And all of those things are important. You've gotta get all three sectors lined up for it to be successful but out of those three sectors so we got corporate culture hr 
and uh, uh, real estate, all of those have got to be lined up. The biggest determinant is how leadership acts. Mm -hmm. One of those real estate aspects you talked about was the shift toward a smaller floor plan versus having everyone on one large floor. What does that offer employees? For the most part, what it offers is better access to natural light. So there's a huge wellness movement right now, and natural light is one of the biggest determinants of that. Uh, determinants of that, people like to look out of the window. There's studies that show that if people have access to natural light, they're a lot more productive, they're a lot happier, and that's really behind the trend of smaller floor plates. Less people are in the core of the building away from natural light. There, it's a much more democratic way of sharing the, uh, the benefits of that natural light coming in. Yeah, it used to be management had all of the, the offices that had sunlight. The cubes were in the middle. Now we're seeing that sort of reversing. Yeah, we, we've been seeing that for a while. It was led, it was led by, you know, really sort of consulting companies, EMY, um, those, those sorts of firms. We, they were doing it 20 years ago. I would say everyone else is catching up, but um, that's been happening for a little while and we're just seeing that continue. Accelerate. Mm -hmm. How have you seen landlords respond to the changes in workforce and workspace needs? Well, landlords, have, they're, they're, a lot of landlords are really stepping up and they have to. They, a lot of them have like really large vacancies in their building. So um, you're seeing landlords put a lot of capital into really amenitizing the building. If there wasn't a gym there before, they're putting a gym in. If there was a gym there before, they're upgrading that gym, they're making it larger. They, they're putting um, tenant meeting rooms in there. So the tenant doesn't have to have it in their space. It's, it's more useful for much larger gatherings. Um, they are improving things like airflow in the buildings. Uh, really anything to do with wellness so they can. I gave one example of the speech, uh, Tishman Spires putting beehives on the top of their building roofs because they want tenants to have access to roof space. Um, but it's also a really nice kind of natural organic way. They, they, they harvest the honey um, and then they bring it to their tenants and it's a, it's a really nice way to, it feels very wholesome, um, and to engage with their, their, their tenant population. Just Sounds one. Instagrammable as well. It does sound Instagrammable. They have a good Instagram page actually. So yeah, I'm sure they'll be putting it on there. There is this trend toward wellness spaces. What is that looking like right now? So it's uh, more natural light. It's, it's gyms it's, uh, and better gyms. It's um, green spaces. So an employee can go out, you know, they've been at their desk for four hours and they just need some fresh air and they need to feel grass in between their toes and they can get out and they can, they can do that. Um, and from a tenant's point of view, that doesn't necessarily have to be in the building, but if you have a green space close to the building, you know, a block or two away, so it doesn't take them away from the desk too long or the office too long, um, but they have access to that, um, that can be a really nice thing for firms to offer. And when it comes to LEED certified buildings, how is the push toward ESG affecting that real estate? So what you're seeing is the money that invests in buildings is it has um, certain requirements and 
a lot of those requirements are investing in buildings that have a certain LEED certification or they're ENERGY STAR rated. Um, and so you're seeing that money chasing a smaller pool of assets that do have those ENERGY STAR ratings or the LEED GOLD or LEED PLATINUM. And because you're seeing more money chasing a smaller pool of assets, the price of those assets goes up. So the more sustainable the building is, the more LEED certified it is, that's now impacting the value of the building. And it's um, in the opposite effect, it's there are buildings that aren't selling because the, the institutional money, there are buildings that aren't selling because they're not green certified and therefore the market just doesn't want those. They're almost obsolete and, and the cost of bringing those up to uh, lead levels is, is prohibitive as well. So the money kind of moves away from those assets and it focuses on these sustainably run buildings. It's really interesting where things are headed right now. When it comes to office utilization, where do you expect that to go? Well, nationwide, we're, we're at about 40%, and there's a big difference between you know, different regions or different cities of the country. So you know, in San Francisco, there seems to be more of a reluctance to get back to the office. San Francisco's got a higher proportion of technology companies than most other markets, and they have really, um, technology companies have been very slow to come back. You're beginning to see it now, but they're still getting pushed back, and return to office has got a long way to play out. Uh, but San Francisco, you're seeing about a 30% return to office. And then markets um, in Texas, for example, like Austin, Dallas, Houston, you're seeing about 55%. We're expecting that to go up sort of 10% a quarter. So nationwide, we, we think we're going to be at about 60% at the start of next year. Um, but we'll see that, you know, Apple came out and mandated people to go back to the office three days a week. Um, and all of a sudden there was a group of 800 employees that formed a protest group and they're figuring that whole thing out right now. So it's, it's, it's still kind of wash this space in, in many ways, um, but we do expect it to continue to tick up. You've seen it tick up since about June of 2020 and each month there's a couple more percentage points higher on the, um, on the return to office. I think you picked up on something important there that employees want to have a say in what this looks like going forward. Yeah, employees do want to have a say. And the, the challenge for companies is um, what works for one employee. Let's say it's a, you know, a, a single, uh, you know, Gen Z, will be completely different to you know someone like me, in their forties, couple of kids at home, and what is important to them and what the the, the challenges on their lives and the the time challenges are completely different. But the right HR teams will. They, you know, they, they need to have a policy. Like if you've got to be in the office three days a week, you have to be in the office three days a week. But there can be variations within that that they can work out with managers or um, where they achieve what the employee wants and they achieve what the, the firm needs as well. Um, but I th like I said, that's all got a long way to play out. We're nearly at full employment in the US economy. And you know, specifically in the engineering industry, um, Companies and firms are terrified of losing staff right now, so the employees have all the power. So um, we'll see how the labor market plays out, but until it loosens up a little bit, um, the employee will retain the power.
This is a really interesting presentation. Thanks, Jonathan, for being a part of the podcast. You're welcome. It was really fun today. This has been another Engineering Influence podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. Mm-hmm.